0: How many people have you met that were early investors in Bitcoin, Ethereum, SIA, Quantum, Cosmos Network, Polkadot, EOS, and others? Well, Megan Casper has spent her entire career investing in and advising companies in blockchain and related sectors. We're privileged to have her with us today to discuss early stage crypto investings, SPACs, NFTs, and a bunch more stuff. Hey, we're still on a journey of learning, and we invite you to join us. On the other side of this episode, you'll know more than you know right now. That's a money-back guarantee from the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. Other terms may apply. Welcome to episode number 505 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five. last time you called no really when was the last time you called us you know the bad crypto hotline is open 24 7 and just waiting for you to dial us and share words and thoughts and feelings i mean we don't do therapy but we'd like to hear from you
1: yeah i mean when was the last time you called your mom yeah. when's the last time you called bad crypto same thing like we should be there it's like call your mom call your kids call bad crypto 708 Do it now. Tell us what you think. Is there something Mm -hmm. you want to talk about? Is there some cryptos you want us to know about? Is there some NFTs you want to tell us about? Is there just one just to rant about how bad we are? Call us. 708-885-9030.
0: Yeah. Somebody didn't like a comment that you made on the Nifty Show about Hex. I guess because Richard Hart called NFTs a pyramid scam. And, and you just kind of, well, made was, a comment. Sorry,
1: I think it was like, um, Elon Musk sent out a tweet about NFTs. And then I remember Richard Hart responded to his tweet by basically saying that people at the end are going to be stuck with it all and stuck with the bags and, 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 and the ones at the end are going to lose. And like, they're, you know, it's like a pyramid scheme. And when I just said, which is ironic coming from the guy who's created the world's biggest crypto pyramid scheme, you
0: <laughs> laugh heartily. <laughs> heartily. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. I meant to do that, didn't you? You didn't. Yes, I didn't. <laughs> but it just it happened that way anyway. And so here's what's really interesting is somebody tweeted me and said, hey, you know, you should do an interview with them. And there was deleted tweets. So I guess I don't know if it was Richard or somebody else that's, you know, a hex person had tweeted us and challenged, you know, to a debate. And I'm like, I'm not interested in debating anybody on the thing. I, I would, if, you know, what we might do is find somebody who's qualified to debate, uh, because here's the, here's the point of where I was going with this. One of the comments somebody made on YouTube is you guys live up to your name. I'm like, really? Sherlock? Really? That's what that's a, Oh, well, there's what a some dick.
1: serious fanboys out there of hex. And there's some people that's made a whole lot of money on Hex. Sure. Good on them. Yeah. But, I mean, from looking at real financial advisors and real people who know what they're talking about in the crypto world, I've read so many things about it that make it sound like eventually the bottom's going to fall out of it or maybe it won't. I don't know. But I don't know. There's too many red flags on the thing for me to want to jump in. But if you're a fanboy of it and you love it, then all by, by all means, good luck. And I hope it all works out for you in the end.
0: Good luck. Yeah, still not the point. The point was somebody said we live up to our name. Like, why do you think we call it bad crypto? I mean, nobody can come to us and say your show's bad. Like, really, genius. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, we didn't you, come you're... out and
1: say we're the best
0: damn crypto show ever, period. <laughs> you, you were looking for that other show, not, not yeah. this one. Anyway, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Animoca. These guys are working to revolutionize the gaming industry. They've had massive, hits f1 delta time gamey the sandbox crazy defense heroes and uh quid quid, quid yeah. is the big one coming down the pipe here if you're a gamer or just want to know what Animoca brands is up to go check them out Anamochabrands.com. super sexy awesome blockchainy stuff yeah who's
1: the, who's the guy in, in the bible that everything you touch it turned to gold Midas Midas. Yeah. The Midas touch. That's but, pretty but much that, like Animoca.
0: That wasn't the Bible. That was Greek mythology.
1: Okay. Whatever it was, was. I got that all confused. <laughs> it's it's that, that other like book old school. Yeah. Okay. The Midas touch. That's right. Everything it does turned to gold, which is like yeah. you don't want to touch your girlfriend because then she turns into gold and that would be awkward. Mm. Um, you know, what else turns into gold is prime XBT. Well, it doesn't directly turn into gold, but what if there was a platform that let you take control of all kinds of investments, Prime XBT, they do offer lots of different things, create, uh, crypto trading, commodities, stock indices, and even foreign currencies. And so let Prime XBT be your one-stop shop for all of those trading things. You can check them out at uh, badco.in forward slash Prime XBT, and you get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. So remember to use the uh, the promo code BAD CRYPTO PODCAST you get a little bit of love. Speaking nice. of love...
0: You're going to love this interview with Megan Casper. She's awesome. Yeah, we're bad, but she's not. So let's get to it. So we get this email, and this email says, Hey, uh, I helped incubate Wax. You know that blockchain that you guys are making all those cool NFTs on? And we're like, Mom, is that you? (laughs) Well, (laughs) kind of. Kind of, sort of, not really, but in a way, uh, we're pleased to welcome to the show today, Megan Casper. She's the managing director at Magnetic. The website is Magnetic Capital. She has spent her career investing in and advising companies in blockchain sectors and was an early investor in in uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, SIA, Quantum, Cosmos, Polkadot, EOS, others. She has co-led many, many hundreds of millions of early stage token investments across 46 companies and helped to incubate WAX. So how exciting. It's, I kind of feel like we're coming back home again for this interview. Megan, welcome to Bad Crypto.
2: Thank you, guys. Glad to be here.
0: I just uh I I feel honored and privileged because without your uh your incubation there would be no wax and that would that yeah. would make us sad and all of our fans would be sad they wouldn't know what they were missing.
1: Yeah. Now they wouldn't be sad because they wouldn't have heard of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well in an alternate universe they might be sad. That's true.
1: Yeah, looking at those like being an early investor in some of those projects like that's that's uh, amazing. I, you know, I mean, Polkadot's been killing it lately. Ethereum's been on one one hell of a ride. Cosmos is doing awesome stuff. EOS, I mean, wow, nicely done,
2: Megan. Yeah, it's great. It's well, how it's how fun. Time.
0: Yeah, what, um, what led you into crypto? I, I have a feeling that before you got there, you were in the financial sector, I'm guessing.
2: I wasn't. I was working for a venture capitalist in Los Angeles, and I got a call from my brother, who is a hardcore gamer in 2010. And he said, I found this thing called Bitcoin, I'm gonna start mining it. And I told him, you're crazy, just put it down. It's like all the early internet monies that you tried to play with and nothing came of it. So two years later, I uh, ended up in a big circle of crypto people in Santa Monica. Um, William Quigley was one of those people and I found him to be the most Intelligent, knowledgeable person in the space. And uh, he led me down a, a research path. And that's when I started investing and yeah, um, began investing and, and just um, enthralled myself into the space. And I haven't left since.
1: Did yeah. your brother listen to you? Did he stop mining because of you? And then mad?
2: <laughs> he mined for a little bit and then he stopped, but he still has those coins. So um, it's good that he held on to them and didn't listen to me in the beginning. So, but it's just like, I think, you know, most people when they hear about crypto for the first time, um, from from my experience, they have similar stories, you know, they're like, it's a scam, it's, you know, used for fraud or money laundering. And, um, you know, I, I think people have a lot of resistance to it in the beginning. Um, but once you sort of open your eyes and... Uh, settle into what it's doing and the technology people get really excited and see what the future and capabilities are and you know the the nft space right now is sort of reminding me of you know little things that happened in 2012 2015 2017 with icos um and it's just every wave of innovation is super exciting for me um and i think all of us early crypto investors because it's opening the eyes of everyone else in the world and getting them involved and seeing that it's not just a speculative space or or even just an asset class to invest in it's really technology that we can harness and you know utilize in what we're creating in the, the metaverse in this like world to come in the next 20 years with
0: it's more than well. that it's magical internet
2: money <laughs> i like to call it interplanetary money you know we're going to be going to the moon soon you've got elon musk taking us up to mars so what are we going to use as currency like they're not aliens are not going to want our nasty fiat currency they're going to want bitcoin and ethereum right. and hopefully right. wax <laughs>
0: you know speaking Maybe of that's elon- while they're coming to earth and
1: like give us your bitcoin we are here for your bitcoin we need it
0: uh, speaking of Elon Musk, and I'm going to have to time stamp this uh, interview just to bring context to it. It is April 1st as of this interview. I'm not sure when this interview is airing. Uh, I don't know if it's a week or two, but Elon Musk tweeted four hours ago SpaceX is going to put a literal Dogecoin on the literal moon. So, I mean, that's, you know. He's gonna he it it is going to the moon one way or another. I don't know how you actually wait. Is it
1: one of those is it one of those metal coins or is he gonna put it like in a ledger?
0: I don't know. All I know is he (laughs) he's very serious about it that this is this is gonna happen. So uh there you go. Dogecoin is truly gonna go to the moon. And apparently, um on Twitter right now, Doge Day is trending right around with right with Dogecoin. So April 1st is Doge Day, which makes perfect sense. So you must have encountered Doge pretty early as well and you th- and you thought, ah, "Look at that. Isn't that cute? People are doing this fun little coin that'll never go anywhere."
2: Yeah, just the hard fork of Bitcoin with a sticker of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but look at all the value that it's created and it just I think it just shows the capabilities and possibilities that we have in open source Network and environment, which is very powerful.
0: Well, you uh, you talked about NFTs, and that's you know Travis and I are we're eyeballs deep in NFTs. You know, we do bad crypto twice a week, and we get to talk to all kinds of interesting people. But there's so much in the NFT world that we've got another show called the Nifty Show. Uh, Travis, how many hours a day do you think we spend NFTifying?
1: Well, I I would think. I mean, I was I was having a conversation. The other day it's like we're having more fun ever but the hours that we're putting in are probably more so than ever even though it's like I think I feel like I have more financial freedom than ever but I'm working harder than ever and I'm having more fun than ever so it's like I don't know if I can quantify the hours but I know some days I look up and I'm like I've been sitting here working for like 16 hours wow like if this was like a real job like I would be hating myself
2: yeah I mean, that, that's the magic of crypto, right? You're, mm-hmm. um, a few weeks ago, people were tweeting about how, you know, terrible their 100-hour work weeks are, but no longer are we going to, you know, I think the next generation has this insane opportunity to create and extract value in a fun, exciting way. NFTs is, is just one of those um, routes, but, and I, that's definitely evolving and changing and morphing with our usability That'll come with the NFTs, right? Like, what are you guys doing right now with the NFTs that you have, besides trading them?
0: Yeah, so much. Well, we're creating them, right? Not only are we, not only we collectors ourselves. um, You know, some of them are being used for gamification, uh, but you know, we're creating all kinds of stuff. We have we've had three different series that we've already launched in you know within the last nine months. And, um, and there's so much more coming. And now, of course, as you would imagine, uh, our emails and our social media and our phones are lighting up with uh, brands and, and musicians and um, Hollywood people wanting to know how do we do this and how do we do yeah. it right? How do we not turn it into a money grab that, but actually yeah. connect with our fans and build something that can endure?
2: Yeah, that's great. And I I think when you um, see it from that perspective, right? Like it's also uh, what do you what are what are the consumers doing with their NFTs right now? How are they? What you can't right? Like you're putting them on maybe a viewer. You have them in your wallet, um, sharing them kind of on social media. But I think the most exciting part of NFTs will be the the, the metamorphosis of it into augmented reality, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: the yeah. usability of them. Have you, guys, have you guys experimented with any of these augmented reality apps? There's yeah. like, Kicks is a really great app where you can go and check out your sneakers. And I think this ultimately will become NFTs where you can, you know, use the NFT in an augmented um, platform.
1: Yeah, I think one of our best investments recently was an, uh, an AR NFT platform called uh, Ecomi with the OMI token, we found that in like January and it was less than 1 250th of a penny. <laughs> and yesterday, yesterday, whatever it went on Uniswap, it got all the way up to six cents and then it dropped quickly. But yeah. it's crazy to see how this thing, how, how this, and, it, and it's one of the coolest things ever because you can take a selfie with Batman standing right there and then you can immediately go and share it on social media. It's like, look, here's me and Batman and you can make all these little funny photos. Uh, and they have this uh, one that's popping out. They're going to launch it on the 8th. It's, they're launching the, uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. And not only is that an NFT, but you can scrunch it down or raise it up. You can click hit the door and it'll open up. You can get inside of it and you can see the flux capacitor and the date. And then you can shrink it down and then you can drive it like an RC car, like a remote controlled car on your phone. It's so amazing. It's like programmable media advancing media and then combining ar and 360 and vr and all this stuff it's just it's just amazing i have a i have a question for you specifically around this like we've been doing crypto now since 2017 and the question has always been how do we get more women to be adopted into crypto right because i know that in some cases it seems like it, maybe they're lagging behind or they, there's something that hasn't snagged them yet is is nfts is that going to be it? you think that's going to help them with mass adoption to to bring more women into the space because we need we need way more women in the space
2: yeah, I agree. I definitely think that that's one use case um for women to come in I think prior to this nft boom everything in the in crypto has sort of been around finance right and the asset mm-hmm. class and in and investing which um, can be intimidating for for anyone that hasn't had that experience so nfts Um, and other things to come in the space. Uh, Social tokens. I don't know if you guys have checked out BitCloud, but that thing is exploding right now. Um, It was a super secretive, sort of underground um, social token network. And now everybody has their own social token. I think Elon Musk's token is worth $87,000. That's more than than the price of the Bitcoin token right uh, now. So
0: he, he hasn't claimed that, right? They, yeah, it's like they've the reserved accounts and there's a lot of questions. I don't know if you know anything about it, um, but you know, people are cry, saying scam and Ponzi and you know, I'm in there and I, I didn't mind putting just a tiny little bit of Bitcoin in to get my BitClout, but um, it's not like there's nobody that you can contact. There's nobody that's, you know, talking it's on expensive. their behalf.
2: Yeah, it's meant to be a DAO, right? There are some very heavy hitters that um, came in as big investors early, um, well-known crypto investors. So it's very much a real project and they want to keep it sort of as this um, omn- ominous DAO situation similar to, to Bitcoin, right? Like we don't know who Satoshi is, so they don't want us to know who they are either, um, and i think that's the only way to have that sort of network work right like if you well, it's have it somebody-
1: doesn't kind of work cuz somebody actually stole my username and then they went in and put my profile picture and my bio and then they created my coin and then people went in and bought my, my coin and it's not me but they claimed they were me and then Joel Joel saw who it was online because the person somewhat responded to Joel for some reason said, oh, how do I get your coin? And then he was using my freaking information to do it, and we found out who the guy was. Now, what was interesting was I tweeted at BitCloud, and they responded back to me, and I think that dude switched his username and got off of it, but now here my token is it already at 100 and something, $200, and I didn't ever even got any at the beginning of it, and the price already is, but now I have my account now, but... That's just not, that's not a good system because it's not been validated in any way. There's no way to, to take somebody's Twitter and verify. That's what it should be is if it's going to be a DAO, then it needs to be connected to your verified Twitter account and you need to connect it somehow and they didn't have that.
2: Well, in order to, to um, collect the tokens, I believe you have to verify and claim your account using your Twitter account. Mm. So Somebody sure
1: grabbed that- my Twitter handle. Yeah, it was crazy. They had yeah. mine. It was. Or they so is it, it yours
0: well. now, Travis? Do you own it? I own it now. Yeah. Okay, I'm buying some of you. You're gonna. You're mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just so expensive now. It's like I didn't get any of the super cheap versions of me. Oh, about this? I'm oh already moved.
0: well. Oh well, no, no. What
2: about Joel? What are what are what's yours price at? Is it at a low price?
0: No, you're I'm like there. 500 or something. Yeah, I'm. uh uh, I'm I'm too pricey for you, Travis. Sorry, I know. Sorry, It's crazy. So my, actually, mine is two hundred
1: and twenty-seven dollars a coin right now. I'm one point four six BitClouts.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. So That's you're great. you're definitely right we'll about back
2: to your question. Though. I think this yeah. is. So yeah, I think BitClout is is a great example of another platform that'll bring more women into the crypto space. Um, it's a use case similar to NFTs that is a little less intimidating and um, easier for people to use, uh, even though there's early day issues like what you're experiencing, somebody claiming your account. But um, we'll see more and more of this. And, and ultimately um, our, our entire uh, you know, technological ecosystem, I think will be living inside of uh, a blockchain run reality. Hmm. So people are forced to use it without even knowing they're using it.
0: Well, I, it's going to be interesting to watch it unfold. I think for people to get confidence about Bitcloud in particular, we need to see off ramps because right now there's no way to to get money out of it. It's just put in, right. and to those that are skeptical, that just reeks of you know all kinds of problems. Uh, so let's uh, let's expand from uh, you know your your past and wax and NFTs to talk a little bit about some other blockchain adoption things that are happening that are. It looks like on the road to bringing us mainstream. Uh, the one I wanted to talk about in particular was uh, Visa being um, the having the first ever Bitcoin rewards card. Uh, what, what did they do exactly, and how are they issuing rewards?
2: I believe the rewards are based on the amount that you're spending hmm. um, on the card just like any other reward system. But instead of being reward cash or points, you're being rewarded crypto. Um, There's a similar uh, company called Lolly where you can get free Bitcoin um, in a different manner. You just use their extension and um, buy from a list of of, um, retail stores online. And um, they put Bitcoin right into a wallet for you. So there's a lot of different ways that consumers can collect um, crypto just by spending money and, and going on about their daily lives.
1: It's, it is fascinating. I've, I've been a fan of Lolly for a long time and I've, it was interesting to see when I started using Lolly and then the Bitcoin rewards that I had accrued uh, coincidentally has paid for all the things that I had bought originally through that because, you know, the the price of Bitcoin, you know, five, 10 grand, and now it's at near 60 grand. I mean, that's, that's been pretty, pretty substantial. So that's a nice reward mechanism. Um, One of the other, one of the other projects that you've been in, you said you early investor in is Polkadot. And I want to chat, I want to chat about Polkadot because it's, we've not talked about it too much. And we know that this ecosystem is exploding. And I don't know, enough about it a polka dot really to 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 really describe it so you maybe want to want to talk about polka dot what it is and then maybe who are some of the people who are doing cool stuff with nfts on polka dot
2: i'm not sure which teams are using polka dot at the moment for nfts i do know that there's the capability for um, creating nfts on polka dot and um, i'm sure that ecosystem um, will grow very quickly um, again, Polkadot, you know, sort of migrates some of the team, the original team from Ethereum, Gavin Wood, right? Um, a lot of the, um, the community, the big supporters of Ethereum are really uh, pushing for and excited for the possibilities and capabilities that uh, Polkadot brings to the chain and sort of the interoperability um, and connecting all of the chains and allowing this uh, interoperability layer.
0: What does that mean to the future of Ethereum then? You know, a lot of, we, we give Ethereum a lot of crap on this show. I mean, we like it. It's, it's built for smart contracts. It's not built for NFTs. It's horrible for NFTs. I like to call it Inferium. you know, in that respect. But, you know, what do you think, of, what's it going to be in the future? Are they going to fix this thing? Or are others like Polkadot going to come in and say, move over their Gramps? Uh, we got you covered.
2: Yeah, layer two, optimism. Um, There's a few solutions out there that that I definitely think will work, Um, but I don't think that that will make other chains um, like EOS or WAX um, obsolete. I think that there will just be different pockets of communities using chains according to their needs, right? Every chain has its own sort of dimension on how you can use it and um, the options. So with wax right purpose built for specifically NFTs. Whereas Ethereum is not built specifically for NFTs, even though it's great for other things like DeFi, but um, and has a huge, I think there's 44 billion locked right now out of the 220 billion market cap of Ethereum. So, um, you know, there's a big community there, but there are other opportunities um, for different use cases and you know, similar to what Wax did, um, creating a purpose-built NFT blockchain, um, giving you know free, fast transactions. Um, the the ERC, or I'm sorry, the the uh, the smart contract standard alone is different from Ethereum. So there's a lot of things that are uh, lacking in that ecosystem around NFTs.
1: I saw there's a polka Starter and some other sort of platforms, it looks like it's kind of doing a hybrid of what some Ethereum was doing along with maybe what Binance is doing. And uh, it's sort of a really, really interesting. I've, I've been paying attention to it a little bit. Uh, as I said, I've not fully dove into it. I do remember the Gavin Wood scenario whenever you mentioned that, but it's just, it was so wild watching that thing just skyrocket into the top five. Everything was just like, poof, and then po- there it is, bam. And then Binance just took off and, and, and ran with it. And so, you know, as, as an early investor in this, like, where do you typically uh, find the next gems? Like you've, you've found some amazing picks really early on. And I mean, I think now probably you got so much influence. People are coming to you and saying, Hey, we got this really awesome thing. Well, how do you determine what, what this next project is, or how do you evaluate some of these projects to see which one do you think is going to go to Mars?
2: Community, community is one of the biggest ways, right? There's a network of um, sort of the original crypto crew um, and the develop, the investors and the developers, developers and um, software engineers. And um, so really looking at the trends, um, where the space is today and, and what the solutions are that we need. So we look at all those dimensions, um, when we are analyzing something for, from an investment perspective. Um, and then also, you know, who's the team, who, who are these people creating this project and, um, what's their past track record? Um, you know, uh, when we decided to use, um, uh, EOS for Wax, we knew, you know, Dan Larimer has an incredible track record. We understand uh, delegated proof of stake and all of the the wonderful things that it offers, um, especially for, uh, you know, using NFT specifically. Um, so it's really looking at uh, what they're doing and, and is it possible? A lot of, you know, in 2017, I saw pretty much every ICO deal and, I would say about over fifty percent of them were just complete dreams, um, and you've never heard of these tokens, and, and you won't. So um, it's it's really looking at something and saying, okay, how is this going to be used in the real world, and is it achievable?
0: Do you think if the government hadn't come down on ICOs, that everything would have crashed as it had, and we'd still be doing ICOs in the same sense, or was the evolution um, inevitable?
2: I think it was inevitable because just like with anything, um, there's going to be a saturation of the market. You know, I, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the SPAC market, but SPACs last year were huge, billions of dollars raised in SPACs. Now people are looking at pipe funds, and there, so there's sort of these like fluctuations of capital that go into to, to a new innovative way to raise or make money. Did you say
0: um, a SPAC fund? What, what is that?
2: A, a, SPAC, um, it's a, um, a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company that you raise uh, money into and all of that cash then is used to buy another company, which is taken public. So these are, are pretty common and I think the SPAC market is sort of drying up right now. Um, but there was a lot of attention around that in, in 2020. Um, billions, like I said, tens of billions, hundreds of billions raised. So did not um, know. Yeah, but it was similar. You know, we had these little, whenever you give people the opportunity to raise money easily or make money easily, everyone's going to sort of rush to that and and figure out how they can do what everyone else is doing, right? So, and we're seeing that with NFTs. Um, But it's great because it's bringing more people, even though, you know, I believe that the, the NFT market that it is today, I think, will ultimately shift similar to how the ICOs have shifted. Um, not that it will die, but I think it will morph into something else. And I think that this is just an opportunity for more people to get over the frictions of what uh, are right now in crypto. You know, people that don't really understand how to use a wallet or where to even buy crypto or how to buy it. Um, wax is one of the very few platforms that you can actually use your credit card to buy crypto with. Um, this is, is not a very common thing yet. Um, I know on the exchanges, yes, but for specifically NFTs, um, it doesn't exist as much. So these frictions um, will soon to be, the obstacles in them, I, I think, will, will be overcome um, the more people that become involved in the space.
1: So that, that, that poses another question, because it, it seems to us that last year was really the year of DeFi. To you, it was the, the year of the SPACs, which we've we not necessarily heard of too much. Oh,
2: definitely the year of DeFi for sure. Incredible. The year of
1: DeFi. And we said 2021 is going to be the year of, of NFTs. Mm-hmm. And our thoughts is probably that the year of 2022, maybe 2023, I'm not sure. I want to hear your opinion. The year of security tokens and STOs. And, and corporations doing more and creating tokens that you know are based on a percentage of their revenue instead of using traditional VC funds. Is what is your thoughts on STOs and and when do you think those are going to start hitting? Because it looks to me like there's tens and tens of trillions of dollars potentially in that space if it starts to roll.
2: I agree a hundred percent, and I'm glad you mentioned it because um, as I alluded to earlier. Uh, you know, that is sort of um, the ICO 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. ICOs before were these non-securities or attempted to be non-securities. Um, and the security exchanges and markets weren't there yet. They're still not quite evolved, but they were in their inception during the ICO craze. Um, and that's a really great example of seeing a very nascent new use case for crypto evolving into something that can expand out and be more regulated and span across um, you know many different industries within the traditional finance world. So I'm right there with you. I, I believe that 100% that you know, over the next five years, um, I think all stocks, all assets, all privately held assets will be tokenized. Um, in the form of, of security tokens.
1: Who's going to do that? Do you think? Whenever you find that out, whenever you're in this little old OG, OG group of people talking, if you can shoot me an email. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, remember, I, I well, it's I, security tokens. You know, William and I were always kind of against them because right now there won't be a lot of liquidity. You, know, we love crypto because it's it's frictionless. You know, we can get onto platforms easy. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have to have a, a minimum net, wealth, net worth, right? So just anybody can come into the crypto world. There are not these sort of blocks. When you're investing um, in stocks um, in certain capacities, you have to you know, show that you're making X amount of money before you can um, be involved in, a, in, a, in an investment. That doesn't exist in crypto. And that gives more people the opportunity to generate wealth. I I think that that's sort of the downside of the STO. And the exciting part about uh, crypto now um, is that we can innovate easily. You know, things like uh, decentralized exchanges, those are never going to exist for STOs. They can't by definition but we love decentralized exchanges you can you know move your tokens very quickly a lot of liquidity and that liquidity is also providing those liquidity pools in defi are providing more people the ability to generate yield faster so that those opportunities are not going to exist i don't believe in in stos I any wonder, sort of security token
0: beyond that what else do you see as the next big thing. I mean NFTs are just getting started as far as the rest of the world is concerned. STOs are, are also just getting started. But as you look out to the horizon, what really excites you?
2: Um well I keep saying it. So um, AR. AR, but here's why. So let me tell you why. So the handheld device that we have now, this brick is going away, at least within the next two years. Niantic just did a little teaser. They showed this super lightweight, very thin Um, easy-to-wear, you know, glasses-style device. And that's what's coming, this sort of um, heads-up, hands-free device where contextual data is going to be integrated with uh, physical reality. And that's experiencing augmented reality. So everything you see on your phone now is going to be in these glasses, and then you're interoperating with, you know, the digital and the physical. And we get to use you know, NFTs in that world. That's super exciting to me. Um, I think that's going to change every industry, fashion, um, makeup, uh, plastic surgery, everything, because now you're going to be able to augment the way that you look um, digitally. And again, another great way and pathway for more women to enter the space.
1: So you think two years, you think it's so a Niantic. They're the ones that created the doing hardware stuff now.
2: Yep. Yes, they
1: are. Wow, There's we've been a, waiting yeah. for the Apple. We're, we've been waiting for the Apple, you know, eyeglasses or what was it, Google Glass that was a big failure back in the day. Yeah, uh, you look so dorky with that. You like from straight out of Star Trek. Hopefully, the next versions aren't so dorky.
2: It's been the past fifty years, so the last ten years. Um, everyone has sort of been familiarized with the concept of of glasses from Google Glass, which, you know, wasn't that great. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's really the past 50 years, people have been tinkering around with this concept and trying to figure out how to get it to work. Um, And I think the iPhone and smartphones and this like, personalized, tiny computer that we hold, was step one now we're moving to step two and then you know by the end of our our lifetime i think we'll see contacts ultimately you know um wearable insertable contacts that that will be used
0: we will be fully cyborg the Travbot 3000 can come may, fully to life Beep. they may
2: work well with uh, elon musk's brain chip
0: right my yeah. reality is already augmented by my glasses i mean i'm blind without them so i put them on and i'm like oh Damn, 1,000% yeah. augmentation right there.
1: That's one reason why I got LASIK, actually. It was because I, I, I realized that AR glasses are going to be here eventually. Well, and the other reason was because some crazy psycho ran up to me and threw my glasses off of my face and said, and said rude things to me. I didn't even know who this person was. I think she was on drugs, clearly. But I looked at her and I said, you're crazy, and I'm going to go get LASIK now. Because I realized, like, if the world starts getting crazy, all somebody had to do was take my glasses off my face and I'm done.
2: So
1: I was like, like, all right, Travis, sit over there and just twiddle your thumbs and we'll give you some corn to maybe shuck or something. I don't know. I don't know what I would have done in the 1500s with these shitty eyeballs I had. But um, so I think AR is going to be so amazing. But, my God, I think it's going to be so distracting, too. We're sitting here while I'm doing stuff and then I I get notifications. I'm going to have that shit turned off most of the time. One thing that I thought would be so amazing with AR is going to be uh, like AR music lyrics. Like, I have, I have this idea for this little music ball, like, and the words just kind of just ch- shoot out of it while the song's going on. So you can actually read the song lyrics while, which I think is a great language learning tool for people who don't necessarily understand a certain language. Seeing song lyrics and reading them is a really great way to learn so I'm excited about AR. I think, you know, the, the idea of like, I'm reading a book, it's gonna know what book I'm reading and then I c- it could start reading it to me. I don't have to have buy separate audio books because there are so many things that are gonna be so cool with AR and then combining them with NFTs, like Vivi is doing with the, Omi, with the Batman, like we talked about. What are some other AR, you know, NFT stuff that's exciting? Have you seen any other companies that are doing something just really amazing?
2: Artifact. Artifact came to us in 2018. Great guys. If you haven't seen it, definitely check them out. Um, Artifact. It's just um, Artifact Studios. Um, Okay. RTFTK. I believe. Oh, it's they can't crazy.
0: they can't spell. I like I love that when people yeah. it's like they can't find the name they want. You so you guys
2: see this, you're gonna you will love it. So they've um created
1: RTFKT. You said yeah?
2: Correct, yeah.
0: Oh,
1: there it is. I found it. RTK RTFKT.com.
2: I don't know if it's com, but if you just Google that, you'll you'll see Artifact Studios sneakers. So they've gone after the entire sneaker market. Um they've got these insanely amazing um, customizable designs that they partnered with artists. They did a drop on Nifty. Um, they're doing collaboration. It, it is
1: it. It yeah. is it with, with the yeah.
2: yeah. Amazing. So this I think is a great example of, of where fashion um, street where really cool art and, and um, NFTs and, and augmented reality are going to all converge. Um, they're, awesome guys. And, uh, you know, when we have these devices, we don't have them yet. It's like, we basically have the capability of hailing a cab with Uber, but we don't have the smartphone yet. That's, that's what we're, what we're dealing with. So as soon as we have the glasses and the hardware is there, you know, I think it's just, it's a free for all. It's the, all of these amazing, um, brands and, and concepts that have, have, released nfts now are going
1: to just morph nfts are going to be everywhere you're going to be like walking down the street and just like plucking one going oh look at that snag i'm looking at this right here the ferocious uh on on artifact rtk rtfkt.com he's got the FIWO shoe this is the legendary version of his FIWO shoe that is a ten thousand dollars for that one right there so these i don't even know if these are actual real shoes or that you can wear are these just nfts of shoes
2: so that's the cool thing. Some of these are, they're virals, right? So they're, they're the digital item tied to the physical and you okay. can redeem them for the actual physical item. Um, that's sort of NFT 2.0, tying the physical to the digital and being able to redeem it for the physical if you want.
0: He should call these shoeocious. Shoeocious. Yeah. They're sh-
2: <laughs> and they're doing clothes now too. Like they're doing um, jackets and pants, and they've got some really cool stuff. I don't know if you guys can see their Instagram, but they've got some pretty cool augmented. And this is augmentation.
1: Yeah, this stuff is fascinating. I mean, we're entering a whole new world, folks. I mean, we've been talking about NFTs, we've been talking about crypto, we've been talking about these digital assets here we are, things are converging in a whole new way. And there are so many people now who are creative that in some ways have never been able to to get their value, uh, are now able to create stuff and just earn a ridiculous amount of money and deliver delight to people. People are excited and having fun buying these these cool NFTs. And that's one thing that we really like about it, uh, Megan, is that when people open up our packs they get so excited and they want to open up another pack we make it fun for them and then and then we after they have the cards you don't just leave them and say cool thanks for getting those cards peace out see you later we like we, we add all these additional nftivities to up level the cards and did to you do just different say in we did say in <laughs> joel said joel said something when you're gonna we're gonna do some activities and i thought he said did you say in and he goes, I did not, but that's a good word. And so we coined it. So we came out, yeah, so basically it's what it is. Like taking your existing cards and then up level them to create and craft something new is something that we've been doing a lot with our series and it keeps our community engaged. Cause you're right. It's all about the community. If uh, that's why I think a lot of these NFT projects do succeed is if you have a great activated community. A lot of the ones that aren't successful are the ones that don't have a community. And, or they haven't created an exciting experience for people whenever they open it. Like you can have the coolest cards ever, but if you have a shitty pack opening, it's just not fun.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, uh, you know, and so we've seen that people fail, even though they had amazing cards, they didn't, they didn't succeed because the pack opening sucked. And then we've seen people like Atari launch on wax and not sell out because they didn't market it. They didn't, they hadn't activated their Atari community to, to learn to do wax. However, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but but Atari partnered with Quid and Harmony, yeah. and they did a launch yesterday on OpenSea, I believe it was, and they sold 10 Atari cartridge NFTs for a total of 47 ETH, hmm. 10 of these things. And that's like more than they probably sold out of all of their Atari packs on Wax because they didn't leverage their community effectively. They didn't market effectively. so.
2: Yeah, it's just it's each ecosystem has um, their own sort of group of, of investors and holders. Um, Ethereum has been around since uh, the ICO was in 2014, launched in 2016. And there's a lot of brand recognition. I call them the ETH, sort of ETH mafia. Um, and all these other chains too are, are just now getting their their legs up and, and building a community. So um, the the NFT space, I think, is... Uh, you know, buying Bitcoin or mining Bitcoin in
1: 2010. Mm, I think uh, um, what's his name, Max Kaiser, calls them the Cantillionaires, the Ethereum Cantillionaires, and uh, so does uh, Jimmy Song, the Cantillionaires, because they, they have they have more money than than necessary. Because whenever they <laughs> you get into ETH at five cents a token, then uh, and you bought a, a metric ton of them at the point where it's almost two thousand dollars, you've done pretty well, I think, probably. And yep. that's why you're spending, let's spend $69 million on these Beeble pixels. That's
2: great and that's idea. why you don't mind paying three or $400 a transaction for your, for your collector's art. And I think that's important for everyone to recognize. They think, oh, we're going to use Ethereum and brands. You know, WAX is launching next uh, Monday, a very exciting new partnership. Uh, and then the following month, a, a, another one with a large publicly traded company and, it's all of these companies have realized we cannot use ethereum because of these high transaction fees the lowest transaction fee was 375 dollars yeah. now your average nft purchaser is not going to be able to, is not going to pay that um but if you you know again like you said um travis if you bought ethereum super low and you've been a long-term holder you have created a lot of value and you don't mind paying three or four hundred dollars for your super cool nft art because you know that 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 money is just flowing back into the ecosystem that you're already heavily invested in um, and that's a really important thing i think for people to understand and that nuance is is missed
1: then so is is there a, you think there's a big bubble that's about to pop on the ethereum uh, art that's going on with nfts because it's, it's that's kind of been our, been our sentiment is we think that that's a big bubble over there and it feels like it's just about to go poppity pop for us.
2: It could, right? It's, it's very similar to ICOs in 2017. Where were all the ICOs being raised on? On Ethereum. You were using ERC20s. Similar to all of the NFTs now, where are the majority of those um, being released? On Ethereum using um, uh, erc Eleven fifty fives or ERC seven twenty ones. Yeah, it's all this capital being recy- recycled. So Travis, you could be definitely on to something. It, it's a, a bubble that could pop if the ecosystem of Ethereum does not continue supporting it.
0: Well, that's why it's a good thing we have alternatives like Wax, right? Correct. That are that are yeah. out there. We're discovering wax more. Wax is
2: not. Oh well, you know, you don't. You're not seeing that same um, pattern inside of. Uh, chains like wax because people that are coming in are are coming in not to buy the token and speculate it on onto it for a very long time um at the moment these nft purchasers are coming in to buy the nfts because they like the brand or they like what's what um they're able to to buy on the chain
0: watching the future closely and now keeping an eye on what you're doing because you uh you see the future really clearly. And um, if if you're telling us something's going to be big, then we want to be paying attention. The uh, the best place to connect with you, Megan, would be where, LinkedIn?
2: LinkedIn or Twitter.
0: Okay, we'll have links in the show notes to Megan Casper's um, socials. And thanks for coming on today and, and speaking with us. This was great. We told you guys you would know more on the other side of this interview. Now you do. And write us and tell us what you learned today. We need it in triplicate, an essay format. Make sure you use proper grammar, badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. And our producer, Aaron, will be spell checking all of your essays and grading mm. you.
1: Very nice. Yeah, she's hit some serious home runs. Just between 2017 to 2018, she led about a, what, 170 million, some odd, across 46 different companies. Hard to say which ones of those hit, but I know she hit a bunch of home runs, man. She's like got an Ethereum really early, and Cos- Polkadot early, like great job. That's smart stuff. Also, so if you have all those cryptos now, you have Ethereum, you have some Bitcoin, you have some of those other ones, you're gonna want to store it properly, right? And what are you gonna do? Just leave it on the exchanges, or just leave them? Just leave them sitting around on your computer? No, you want no. a hardware wallet that uh, it has security. And so, and you want to go get that wallet just like on eBay or go buy it off, like I go, go to Walmart and get one? No, you want to buy it directly from Ledger. Ledger is the gateway to all crypto services that you need to buy, sell, exchange, and to grow your assets in a single app with the hardware wallet you need it. And uh, so you can go to ledger.com or if you want to go through our, our link, I think you get a little discount. It's badco.in forward slash ledger. And uh, Ledger's the only thing that I will trust at this point. I've had a Trezor that did not work that I lost cryptos on. It glitched out on me. Um, I've tried some other ones. Ledger seems to be pretty good. So as long as you remember your code, you're good. (laughs) So remember your code and your keys and uh, try out Ledger, please.
0: As always, we are grateful that you are out there in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia and listening as the show continues to gain steam. Sometimes it lets off a little steam. Sometimes it just gets steamy in here. We're kind of like the hot boxes of uh, crypto podcasts.
1: Well, that's not true. because Well, maybe because I'm the one that's smoking weed and you're not. So you're kind of yeah. getting hot boxed. You're the one you're that's getting hot boxed or what?
0: Well, I figure that they must be, right? I mean, there's, there's enough happening on your side that that's got to be happening. Speaking of smoking weed, dude, was that not super fun interviewing Kevin Smith for the Nifty Show?
1: Oh, that was that was awesome. He was actually smoking some a big a couple big fat joints during. I think he had a vape. He had yeah. a big fat joint. I saw him had a smaller joint. <laughs> he was just mixing matching it up <laughs> during the show. We had an hour long conversation with Kevin Smith. So if you guys haven't had a chance to click to check that out, it's yeah, that's right. That Kevin Smith from Clerks and Mallrats and Chasing Amy and Dogma and all those movies. Silent Bob has a lot to say, actually.
0: He really does, and uh, he's a down-to-earth guy. He did. I was like, dude, I thought you were
1: silent, man. You got all kinds of words.
0: No, he's got a lot of words. He makes up for it because he's got to be quiet in the movies. Although, you know, in the first Jay and Silent Bob, he finally gets pushed too far, and he lets lets Jay have it towards the end. I mean, he just yells, gets in his face, and it's like, oh, okay, this is not Marcel Marceau. When pushed to his limit, he can have words. Unlike Mm -hmm. Penn and Teller, Teller never speaks... Uh, when he is in the persona for the magic act. Ever. I
1: have seen I have seen him on an interview before, though.
0: Yeah, he does That's speak. Crazy. He just doesn't do that kind of speaking.
1: That's got to be the best gig ever. Like, all you got to do is just make like a puzzled face every once in a while and let Penn Jillette do all the work. And he's like, all right, then I'm just making a face and then being funny. And like, <laughs>
0: it's crazy. Speaking of Penn Gillette, I uh, my brother just celebrated his birthday and I went on Cameo. And got a Pendulet cameo for him, uh, and oh, nice. he he really delivered. It was like a two minute deal. Um, he, you know, I asked him to share some stories about Vegas because you know he's he's been, uh, you know, they have their show there, and my brother's a huge Vegas fan, and uh, he he really delivered for the hundred and fifty bucks.
1: Wow, that's nice. Yeah. Well, happy yeah, birthday yeah. to your bro.
0: Yeah, and uh, thanks again, everybody. We appreciate you. We're grateful for you, and please be sure to share, subscribe, hit buttons, ring bells, open your window, and scream, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore.
1: Screech to the sky. Stay back!
0: and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. What? Did
2: you do all the shoutouts? Yeah. Ledger?
0: Yeah. He did the ledger shout-out and he, she's like, Did you did you guys do all the shout outs? You know you can't hear Travis talking. He's in my ears. I don't know. Okay.
1: You should almost leave that in there just so you can hear it so you can have it. <laughs>